0: This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Polk Runyon, and tonight we present a discussion on the pagan hermetic origins of the Sefer Yetzirah. This ancient book is the philosophical and mystical foundation of the medieval Hebrew Kabbalah, and eventually the Hermetic Kabbalah which it actually seems to recover its actual origins because it it was hermetic before it was Hebrew. It is traditionally attributed by the Hebrews to Father Abraham back in 1800 BC and was said to have been written by him in Haran where he is said to have made souls. Now, the Herodians were star-worshippers who preserved the star lore of ancient Babylon and eventually joined the Pythagorean Hermetic Magical Tradition. The Sefer Yetzirah, or Book of Creation, describes how the universe was created by the Word of God using the Proto-Hebrew-Phoenician alphabet, the first alphanumeric letter system which acquired 24 letters to accommodate the entire celestial sphere and the elements, and then became the origin of ancient Greek, which passed on its alphanumeric heritage to medieval Hebrew and Arabic. It has even been suggested that the 2nd century Valentinian magical magician Marcus or perhaps the Neoplatonic philosopher Proclus, wrote the earliest version of the Sefer Zerah. Well, even Gershom Shalom admits that the philosophy of the Sefer Zerah is Pythagorean. So, if you want to delve into the depths of the mysteries, join us for an hour of speculation on the origins of the Book of Creation. Now, regular listeners to the Hermetic Hour will recall that we have often discussed the Sefer Yetzirah as the earliest known book of the Kabbalah, believed to have been written and circulated in the third century of the Common Era. Now, this book of creation established the philosophical structure called the Tree of Life and defined the magical alphabet, attributing the 22 letters of the Old Hebrew alphabet to, to the planets the Zodiac, the signs of the Zodiac, and the elements, air, water, and fire, called the mother letters from which the rest derive. Although alleged to be Hebrew philosophy, this concept was defined by the Greek Pythagorean philosopher Empedocles in the 5th century BC, who declared that life, the cosmos, and reality were made up of air, water, fire, and earth, and held together by love and moved by strife. This and the astrological macrocosm reflected in the human microcosm became the key principles of the first century hermetic philosophy. This hermetic philosophy was incorporated into the teachings and rituals of Marcus, the second century Valentinian Christian magician who applied the letters of the Greek alphabet to the signs of the Zodiac, and, according to some scholars, Marcus was the original author of the Sefer Yetzirah, and the father of both the Hermetic and the Hebrew Kabbalahs. In order to make this more understandable, we need to dispel some popular misconceptions. First, Old Hebrew was not alphanumeric. That's uh, without a, without a numeric analog, you have no Kabbalah. In other words, if the letters if the, if the letters don't if the letters don't mean a number, then then you have no Kabbalah. All right. Phoenician was alphanumeric, and Greek evolved from Phoenician. Hebrew acquired its alphanumeric equivalents from Greek in the first centuries of the Common Era. Now, how do we know this is true? Well, when the Septuagint The 3rd century B.C. Greek version of the Torah was translated back into Hebrew. Greek letters were used for the numbering, numbering the chapters. Old Hebrew had no numerical equivalents. Therefore, it is a fair assumption that the original version of the Sefer Yetzirah was written in ancient Greek by Proclus or Marcus or another Hermetic adept. The Greek alphabet had 24 letters, which gave it enough to accommodate the 12 signs of the zodiac, the seven planets, and the four elements, the four mother letters of the original Tetragrammaton. But when the lost original of the book was subsequently rendered into Hebrew in the 3rd century... This lack of enough letters to fill out the creative elements of the Tetragrammaton resulted in an exercise in philosophical gymnastics which removed Earth from the original generative formula and reconstituted, and reconstituted the chaos of an incomplete creation by sealing the universe with Yah, a form of Yahweh, to replace a mesh as the original god formula now let us consult with the two foremost authorities on kabbalah to substantiate these claims i will read from gershom shalom's kabbalah that's his big kabbalah book pages twenty five through twenty eight to substantiate our original claims about the original tetragrammaton these are the words of gershom shalom the text offers no more detailed explanation of the relationship between the Sephirots and the letters. And the Sephirot are not referred to again. Some scholars have believed that two separate cosmogenic doctrines, basically differing one from another, were fused in that book and were united by the method resembling... Uh, Neo Pythagorean theory, current in the second and third century BCE of the Common Era, before before the Common Era. And the real beings in the three strains of the cosmos, in the world, in time, and in man's body, in the language of the book, world, year, soul, came into existence. Through the interconnection of the 22 letters, and especially by way of the 231 gates, in effect the combination of the letters in the groups of two representing the roots of the Hebrew verb, it appears that the author held that the Hebrew verb is based on two consonants. The logical number of two hundred thirty one combinations does not appear in the earliest manuscripts which fix twenty one gates in a combination of which are enumerated in a number of manuscripts. Every one existing thing somehow contains these linguistic elements and exits by the power whose foundation is is in one name, the tetragrammaton, or perhaps the alphabetical order, which is entirely, which is entirely considered one mystical name, the word process is essentially linguistically one. The first contains the three matrices, emote or emote, containing the elements in the language of the mishras, Aleph mem Shin, which in turn represent the source. Of the three elements mentioned in a different context in chapter in in, in in chapter one, air, fire, and water, and from these all the rest come into being. These three letters also have their parallel in the three seasons of the year, according to a system found among Greek and hellenistic writers get that now see he says according to a system found in in greek and hellenistic writers and the three parts of the body the head the torso and the stomach and of course this is the psychic center system and the second group consists of seven double letters and those consonants which have a hard and soft sound when written with or without a Daggish or the gimel dates, the uh, the presence of the dates and the group give rise to various theories. Though the medium of the double letters were created, which created the seven planets, the seven the seven heavens, the seven days of the week, and the seven orifices of the body: the eyes, the ears, the nostrils, the mouth. And they also allude to the basic opposites in uh, in in man's life. The twelve remaining simple letters correspond uh, to the author uh, correspond to what the author considers man's chief activities. The twelve signs of the zodiac, in the heavenly sphere, and the twelve months, and the twelve chief limbs of the body and in addition he gives a he gives a completely different phonetic division to the letters in accordance with the five places in the mouth where they are articulated this is the first instance in which this division appears in the history of Hebrew linguistics and it may not have been included in the first version of the book. Get that? Yeah, you know. In other words, they're they're feeling their way into this thing because when they started, they didn't even have a mathematical, they didn't even have a numeric uh, equivalents. By the way, I apologize for this copy of, of Kabbalah that I have. It's it's, it's about an eight point type. <laughs> it really is. It's, a, it's it's an old book and it's about eight point type. And I'm really having having difficulty getting, you know, reading it. Basic letters contains the roots of all things and also the contrast between the good and the evil. There is an obvious connection between this linguistic mystical cosmology, which has these parallels in astrological speculation and magic, which is based on the creative magical powers of the letters and the words. In fact, it might well be said that the Sefer Yetzirah speaks of the letters in which heaven and earth were created. According to the Talmud, the architect of the tabernacle possessed the knowledge of their contributions. And from this point stem the ideas connected with the, with the creation of the golem My an ordered recitation of all the possible creative letter combinations. Whether Sefer Yetzirah itself initially was aimed at magical ideas of this type is the subject on which opinions differ. But it is not impossible, according to a Talmudic legend, used to occupy themselves with the Sefer Yetzirah, as an ancient variant has it, the Hilko yetzeera, by means of its a calf three years old, was created for them, and which they ate. <laughs> they generated a, they generated a calf and ate it. Whether these uh, Hilcot Yazeera are simply the book in question, or its early version cannot be decided for the moment, but it must be stressed that accompanying the very earliest texts of the at Zero were introductory chapters emphasizing magical practices which are presented as some kind of festive ritual to be performed on the combination of the study of the book and the commentary. Now, the time of the composition. Zun's, greats, and his later works, Boucher, Bloch, and others were of the opinion that the Sephirot Zura was composed in the period of the Geonim, around the 8th century. Thus, dating was in the line with the general tendency of these scholars to assign a late date to the composition of the mystical works on the mysteries of the creation of the Merkaba, a trend which modern scholarship can no longer uphold. They also talked of hypothetical Arab influence, which was not actually proved. In this early work on Gnosticism and Judaism, 1846, greats tended to correlate the time of the composition with that of the the Mishnah or the beginning of the period of the Talmud. And this view was shared by Abraham Epstein, Lewis Ginsburg, and others who dated its composition between the 3rd and the 6th centuries. Leo Beck tried to prove that the Sefer Yetzirah was written under the Neoplatonic influence of Proclus, possibly in the 6th century. The Hebrew style, however, points to an earlier period. Epstein already proved its proximity to the language of the Midrash, and addition can be made to the linguistic proofs. The book contains no linguistic form which may not be ascribed to 2nd or 3rd century Hebrew. In addition, a number of links. When the time of divine wisdom and the various Gnostic and syncretic views indicate an earlier period, analogies between the Sephiroth's Zura and the views of Marcus, the Gnostic of the school of the Valentinians, had already been noticed by Granz. I want to read that again. Analogies between Sephiroth's and the views of Marcus, the Gnostic of the school of Valentinius, had already been noticed by Granz. The doctrine of the Sephiroth and the language system hint at Neopythagorean and Stoic influences. Stoic is the emphasis on the double pronunciation of the bagad. And some of the terms employed in the book were apparently translated from Greek. Get that. Some of the terms employed in the book were apparently translated from Greek. In which the term and this is <laughs> this is Greek and I can't read it. Indicates that both elements and litters and letters of uh, this duality finds its expression in, in the Hebrew term yet you saw it. Elemental letters, in effect, letters which are also elements. The material which F. Domchief collected from the linguistic mysticism of Greek syncretism contains many parallels with the sefer Yetzirah, illuminating in this connection the sefer Yetzirah's view of the ceiling of the six extremities of the world by the six different combinations of the name Y-H-W, which, unlike in the Bible, occurs here as an independent fundamental name of God, playing a part in its corresponding name in Greek and Greek transcriptions, which is extremely frequent in the documents of the Gnostics and in religions and magical syncretism. The idea that every act of creation was sealed with the name of God is one of the earliest tenets of Merkaba mysticism, and is early and is already found in Hekhalot Rabati, in Gnostic systems, and some which are close to the Gnosis. This name has its function in establishing the cosmos and in defining fixed boundaries for which combinations of the name, which in Greek consists of vowels and not of consonants, appear frequently in Greek magical papyri. The author of the Sephiroth Zeroth did not yet know of the symbols for the Hebrew vowels, and in in, in place of the Greek vowels, he employed the Hebrew consonants, which are both vowel letters and components of the Tetragrammaton. There is a common ground between... The speculations of the Sephiroth and the projection of Gnostic or semi Gnostic speculation on the fringe of Judaism or outside of it during the early centuries of the common era. It is a difficult it is difficult to decide whether the ten sephirot of the rules of the thirty two paths have been expanded or understood in the spirit of the Gnostic Aeon, the doctrine or in that of the Pythagorean school, both views being possible. The function of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet in the construction of the world is mentioned in the ancient fragment from the Midrash dealing with the with the creative, the Holy One. Blessed be he who said I request laborers, the Torah and him I put At at Yanni's disposal, 22 laborers, namely the 22 letters which are in the Torah, and give to each one his own. This legend is extremely close to the basic idea in Sefer Yatsura, Chapter 2, that it is impossible to know which was the earlier. To sum up, it may be postulated that the main part of the Sefer Yatsura, though it contains post-Talmudic editions, was written between the 3rd and the 6th centuries. Apparently in Palestine by a devout Jew uh, whose aim was speculation and magical rather than than, uh, than than ecstatic. The author, who elaborated to Judaize non-Jewish speculations, which suited his, his that, that that's kind of a key sentence there, because this is this is basically, you know, what Shalom is saying that yeah the the guy, the guy who who took it who who took the who took what we suspect was a Greek original of this thing, and he but he put it, when he put it into the twenty-two letter Hebrew alphabet he had to really do some monkeying around with it. The author who endeavored to Judaize non-Jewish speculations, which suited his spirit presents a parallel path to Jewish esotericism of the Hekalot type of literature, which has its roots in the the same period. This Judaizing is also apparent in the end of the book, which presents Abraham, the first to believe in the oneness of God, as the one who first studied the ideas expressed in the book, and actually practice them. Maybe an allusion to the use of magic mentioned above, and from this derived the late the, the late view claiming Abraham was the author of the book, called in several manuscripts Otiot uh, de Abraham Avin. Uh, the edition of Sefer Yizra only makes its appearance in the Kabbalistic literature from the 13th century onward, no doubt in the wake of the late Midrash. That is, is <laughs> that's going to be enough of Gershom Shalom for a while, but that but that's very, very, you know, that's very informative. I, I said we were going to use Shalom to back up everything we had said about uh, about this originally being, a, being a, a Greek, you know, a Greek document. Um, to substantiate our claims about the original Tetragrammaton, let me read from Ira Kaplan's Sephirot Zura. Pages 140 through 142. Now let me explain the, about uh, Gershom Shalom, as many of you may know, was probably the world's greatest authority on, on Kabbalah, but not how to practice it. Uh, Gershom Shalom was not a practicing Kabbalist. He wasn't a, he wasn't a magician. He wasn't a Kabbalist. Uh, he was a, a, a scholar, and he was a scholar of Jewish mysticism. And 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 so, that's one of the reasons why. What I just read was, aside from it being in such small type, what I just read was 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 very very academic because Shalom uh, is very academic. But he was also very honest because uh, you know he he uh, he was kind of I, I think he was kind of reluctant on the admitting that this was originally a, a, a this was originally a Greek book. Now the important thing about Ira Kaplan. Is that he? Both Shalom and Kaplan just passed away a few years ago, uh, but but Ira Kaplan is probably the best practical Kabbalist. Kaplan is is a, is a mystic and a magician, and he actually kind of believes that Abraham really originally wrote it. Because you know, one of the things about Kabbalah. Is that you know? As, as we know, you know, belief is, a, is is a form of yoga, like Bhakti yoga, and and so if you got you know, legends like Abraham wrote this book, then it's then you reinforce your power by believing it. Okay. So this is Ira Kaplan's chapter three of the Sephirat Zura. and the Sephirat Zura says three mothers, Aleph, Mem, and Sheen, the great mystical secret covered and sealed with six rings, and from them emanated air, water, and fire, and from them are born fathers and the father's descendants. And now Captain's commentary on this. A Great Mystical Secret. The word for mystical here is uh, mufala. This is very closely related and shares the same root. With the word "Peliyah" used in relation to the thirty-two paths of wisdom, one reason for this, as discussed earlier, is because it was through these mother letters that one can enter into the realm of Hokma consciousness, which is the portal to the transcendental. These three mother letters are also related to the mystery of the divine name. The Sephiroth Zira earlier said, he chose three letters in the mystery of the three mothers, Amashah. Thus, the numbers Amasha are the roots of the letters of the Tetragrammaton, YHV, according to the Kabbalists. Yud is derived from Mem, He from Shin, and Wao from, from Aleph. These three mothers, therefore, represent an even deeper mystery than the Tetragrammaton. The Tetragrammaton actually actually only relates to the ten Sephirot. There is, however, an aspect of creation that existed before the Sephirot. In this stage, the proto-Sephirot existed as simple, non-interacting points. In the language of the Kabbalists, this is known as the universe of chaos, To who? In the state of the vessels, which were the proto-sephorot, and could neither interact, not give to one another. Since they could not emulate God by giving, they were incomplete, and could therefore not hold the divine light. Since they could not fulfill their purpose, they were overwhelmed by the light and shattered, and thus known as the breaking of the vessels. The broken shards of these vessels fell to the lower spiritual level, and subsequently became the source of all evil. It is for this reason that chaos tohu is said to be the root of evil. <laughs> yeah, you know they uh that this this is where they get the cliff hop idea. You know the shell the shells fall down into the cliff hop. But uh, the cliff-up is not, is not Christian Tartarus. It's not Dante's Tartarus at all. They're not, they're not similar at all. After having been shattered, the vessels were once again rectified and rebuilt into personifications. Parts of him. Each of these parts of him consists of 613 parts, paralleling the 613 parts of the body, as well as the six hundred and thirteen commandments of the Torah, these parts of him were then able to interact with each other more important though the Torah they were able uh, to interact with man and this is the stage where the Sephirot became givers as well as receivers and this of course is the you know the, the microcosm the 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 replication of the universe uh, in, the, in, the, in the human in the human body in this rectified state the vessels or sephirot became fit to receive God's light in Kabbalistic terminology. This state is called the universe of rectification. Dikun. Kabbalists teach that the letters of the Tetragrammaton YHV only pertain to the universe of rectification. In the universe of chaos, Tohu, the divine name consisted of the letters on mashah. and uh, and by the way, uh, just to mention that that uh, they 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 kind of got this into in, into the Torah, and and then and eventually the Samaritans uh, the Samaritan Torah uh, got got written with this. But whenever a Samaritan priest sees YHVH in his Torah, he pronounces it Shema. Um, When a person enters into the mysteries, he must, that, 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 I'm I'm telling you that, not, not, uh, not, not Ira Kaplan. Ira Kaplan probably wouldn't. (laughs) When a person enters into the mysteries, he must parallel the sequence of creation. First, he enters the universe of chaos, to whom? And here his mind is filled with confused and transient images. And if he perceives the separat, they are like lightning, running and returning. And the Sephirot are perceived as disconnected images, where no relationship between them can be seen. This is the state of consciousness attained through the letters of Amasha, of Amasha, as discussed earlier. The initiate can then enter the universal rectification, where the Sephirot are connected and assume the form of parts Each parts is a human-like form and closely related. To the conception, to the letters of the name YHVH, together with various letters as described in um, in chapter two. This is the name associated with the universe rectification. And by the way, this rectification is is uh, was part of what the part of what the author uh, the 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 the, uh, the author who uh, re, re, who retranslated the Greek in and, uh, and, and the this part this part of what he, the manipulations that he did. Here one must combine all the sephirot to form a single body. One also becomes aware of the lines connecting the sephirot, which are included in the 32 paths of wisdom, and hence when one on one of these 32 paths are discussed, the sephirat uses the names YH and YHVH. The three mother letters... Amashah also spell out the Hebrew word amesh, and this is really important. The Hebrew word amesh, meaning yesternight, this occurs in the verse, you slept last night amesh with my father in Genesis 1934. The word amesh also denotes deep impenetrable gloom, as in the verse gloom amesh, waste and dissolution. This is the inky gloom that existed before creation. It is the universe of chaos, the, the night before the Sephirot were brought into being. There is also evidence that the word Hamesh was also used as a mystical name of God. Thus, Laban said to Jacob, The God of your fathers last night, Hamesh said to me, and this can just as easily be read, the God of your fathers, Amesh, said to me. Similarly, Jacob said, and the Mesh gave judgment. According to some authorities, the letters Aleph, Mem, Machine, also conceal a deeper mystery, which is Aleph, Yud. Another element of the mystery of the letters Amesh is the fact that they represent the reconciliation of opposites. Logically, there is no way in which opposites can be reconciled. Uh, these letters, therefore, represent a mystery which cannot be penetrated by logic. One commentator states that the letters Amesh contain the mystery through which one can walk on fire. And the reason that this may be is because these letters have the power to reconcile opposites. And it is possible that Rao Zira made use of this technique to prevent his feet from being burned in fire, as is related in the Talmud. So, basically, what we get from that is that um, the Tetragrammaton originally was air, fire, water, and earth, and then they eliminated earth because they didn't have a letter for it, and so they ended up having, <laughs> having, to, having to create these machinations to complete it. Uh, now... Before leaving the question of original authorship, we should look at the traditional belief that Frater Father Abraham wrote the Sefer Yetzirah and used it to create souls while sojourning in Haran. Well, let us again consult Rabbi Kaplan, who uh, lends more credence to traditional belief. Let's go back to Ira's Ira's introduction. I actually am very... I'm very fond of this Abraham legend. (laughs) I like it. Okay. Uh, The earliest source to which the Seprieh Zerah is attributed is the patriarch Abraham. As early as the uh, the 10th century, Sadia Gagom writes that the ancients say that Abraham wrote it. Opinion is supported by almost all of the early commentators. Such ancient Kabbalistic texts as the Zohar and the Rizihu also attribute the Sefer Yetzirah to Abraham. A number of very old manuscripts of Sefer Yetzirah likewise begin with a colophon calling it the Letters of Abraham our Father, which is called Sefer Yetzirah. This does not mean, however, that the entire book as we have it was written by Abraham. As Sadia Gaon uh, uh, explains, the principles expounded in Sefer Zero were first taught by Abraham, but they were not actually assembled in a book, book form until much later. Another authority notes that it could not have actually been written by Abraham, since if it had, it should have been incorporated into the Bible, or at least be mentioned in Scripture. Similarly, when the Zohar speaks of the books annotating the Torah, it does not include the Sefer azera among them. The Sera were first taught by Abraham, were first taught by Abraham, but they were not actually assembled in book form until much later. Another authority notes that it could not have actually been written by Abraham since if it had, it should have been incorporated into the Bible, or at least be mentioned in scripture. Similarly, when the Zohar speaks of books, Antedating the Torah, it does not include the Sephiroth among them. The attribution of Abraham is supported by the final stanza of the Sepriot Zerah. When Abraham looked and probed, he was successful in creation. This passage clearly suggests that Abraham actually made use of the methods found in this text. In many editions of the Sephiroth Scriptural evidence is provided by the verse. Abraham went as God had told him, and Abraham took the souls that they had made in Haran. According to some commentaries, this indicates that Abraham actually used the powers of the Sevriat Zera to create people. This would be the earliest example of the use of the Sevriat Zera to create a golem. According to this Abraham would have learned how to use the, mysterious, the mysteries of the Sephiroth Zera before God told him to leave Haran. Other authorities, however, say that making souls refers to converting them to belief in the one true God. And this is also supported by the Zohar. And some of the commentaries attempt to reconcile this with the text of the Sephiroth Zerah, explaining that when the miracles wrought through the Sephiroth Zurah, Abraham was able to convince people of the power of God and thus convert them to true belief. The scripture states the souls that they made in the plural. This would indicate that Abraham was not alone in his use of the Sephiroth Zerah, but had a companion. A Midrash states that if Abraham would have engaged in the secrets of creation by himself, he would have gone too far in emulating his creator. And therefore, he had worked together with Shem, the son of Noah. Ancient sources identify Shem with Melchizedek, who blessed Abraham and taught him the, many of the earlier traditions. And, of course, Melchizedek was a, was a priest of the Most High God, Elion, um, not Yahweh. The most important mysteries of Sefer Yetzira involved the inner significance of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Here too, we find that Abraham was a master of these mysteries. A midrash states that the letters were given to none other than Abraham. As we shall see in the commentary, the arrangement of the animals when Abraham made his covenant with God also appear to be based on the mysteries of the Sefer Zerah. Further support. Linking Abraham to the Sepher Yetzirah is found in the Talmudic teaching that Abraham had a great astrology in his heart. This is important, and that all the kings of the east and the west rose early at his door. Um, you know, you, you don't, you don't, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out what that means. Sepher Yetzirah is one of the primary ancient astrological texts, and it is possible that it incorporates Abraham's astrological teachings. The fact that this astrology was said to be in his heart might also indicate that it involved various meditative techniques, as was indeed the case of ancient astrology and was also suggested by the Seferi at Zerah. There is evidence that these mysteries were also taught to Abraham by Shem, um, along with the mystery of the, cal- of the calendar, Sodalaburah, When God revealed himself to Abraham, one of the first things that he taught was not to be over-dependent on astrological predictions. Abraham also fully aware of the magical and idolatrous uses, uses that could be developed from these mysteries. The Talmud thus says that Abraham had a tract dealing with idolatry that consisted of 400 chapters. And there is also a Talmudic teaching that Abraham taught, the mysteries involving unclean names, to the children of his concubines. This is based on the verse to the sons of the concubines that Abraham had. Abraham gave gifts, and he sent them away to the lands of the east. And these gifts consisted of occult mysteries, which then spread in eastern Asia. The attribution of the mysteries of the Sufi Zira to Abraham would place its origin in the 18th century, before the common era. This is not very surprising since such mystical texts as the Vedic scriptures date from this period, and there is every reason to believe that the mystical tradition was further advanced in the Middle East than it was in India at that time. And since Abraham was the greatest mystic and astrologer of his his age, it is natural to assume that he was familiar with all the mysteries of ancient Egypt and Mesopotamia. Abraham was born in Mesopotamia, and he also lived in Egypt. Okay. Now, I have some comments on that that I think are worthwhile. Okay. Even while we recognize the apparent influence, um, Pythagorean and Hermetic philosophies, let us entertain the, yeah, the ancient sage of Abraham. Um, let's see here. I said, even while we recognize the apparent influence of Pythagorean and Hermetic philosophies on the Sephiroth's Zera, let us entertain the idea that some ancient sage like Abraham may actually have written the Sephiroth's era. It would have been written on clay tablets in cuneiform. Cuneiform was not an alphanumeric alphabet, but it did include a numbering system and would have been similar to the other books the Haranians would have been custodians of. They were custodians of the Sumerian and Babylonian astrology and astronomy. And uh, Abraham came from Ur uh, down, in, the, down in, in, in Mesopotamia, down southern Iraq, from Ur to Haran and thence to Canaan, where he met Melchizedek, uh, the priest of the, the Most High God, and received the blessings of God, Elion, before moving to Egypt. Now the sequence ties up several mythical and historical uh, themes and motifs that relate to the Sefery Zera. The connections are so compelling that we are romantically encouraged to imagine an ancient set of clay tablets, from which one of our Haranian magicians translated the cuneiform into ancient Aramaic or Syriac, and a Jewish scribe then rendered it in Hebrew in the 3rd century, the Common Era. Now, personally, I prefer the theory that Marcus the Valentinian, who who gave us um, the celestial Kabbalah of the Sama Sophia, wrote and translated the original Severy of in the same Greek alphabet he used to create the Summa Sophia. And that it was subsequently retranslated into Hebrew and had the Tetragrammaton distorted to become Yahweh rather than Elion. And thus created the Hermetic Kabbalah. Now that is just about wraps up we have what we have on the on the suffering of Zura but but uh I would like to mention that that when I first got started and then magic something <laughs> that was that was when was that? Let's see, that was back in 1969 when I first got started. One of the first things I had to had to acquire was a was a copy of the at Zero. and 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 I immediately got Collier's version, uh, which had a very nice uh, seven pointed star, you know, seven branch candlestick on it, on the on the front of it, and uh, and I then I discovered as I got further into it. Got into a grip on the Golden Dawn and 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 uh, you know and, and and other other versions. Of this that no no version of the Sephirah the you know the the uh, the seven doubles and the and the and the twelve singles and 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 the doubles and the the mothers. No version of the Sephirah Zero agreed. They were all different. Well, somebody finally explained this and saying, oh well, it was such a powerful book that. That uh, that none of none of the rabbis that had their different versions of it would would put down the actual ones. They uh, they they did it in cipher. Well, maybe that's true. But uh, the most important thing the Golden Dawn did, the Golden Dawn, and 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 they're gonna give of El, us Levy credit for this, the Golden Dawn straightened out the attributes of the Sepher zero They got they they the Golden Dawn's version of the Sepher zero the one that they based their their tree of life, the Minutum Mundum, on, is the one that we all use. That's in other words, the paths, uh, the, the paths that are attributed to the, to the planets and 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 and, uh, this, and, and, and all the the, the the all the attributions of the paths and the and the tarot cards, everything. And the, uh, that that golden dawn version of the of the zero is the one that the entire Hermetic Kabbalah now uses, including ourselves. And, uh, and it, 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 they, they, as I say, we have to give the French magus, Elephas Levy, the Victorian age magus. We have to give him credit credit for it. He he's the one who who, who uh, straightened it out. And in doing so, he got the erroneous idea <laughs> that the that the tarot preceded the Kabbalah. You know, which which is not true at all. But but uh, he got the in, in straightening out this the, the Searia zero attributions and that that that's what he came up with the Se zero is a tremendously important book it is a tremendously powerful magical book it is it is as I say it is it is the magical text and uh, I hope that this I hope that this has uh, stimulated your interest in it and I, and I think that uh, you may have a new may have given you a new perspective on it As I said, it is the original Tetragrammaton, Amesh, or Shema, or Shema, or or Amesh, or that's the original. Next week, we are going to do our summer solstice ceremony. I think it's about the 46th consecutive one. We're going to do it live here on the Hermetic Hour, and we're going to have our our senior members are all going to be on. We're going to take the different parts and we're going to we're going we're going we're going all read read the uh the seasonal, and, and do 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 the sound effects and all over the air and and uh, I want you however if you want to see a, a summer solstice ceremony you could go on YouTube and play the rites of magic the rites of magic M A G I C K and one of the uh, one of the one of the parts of the rites of magic is a is a complete video of the, of the summer, of the summer ceremony, so you might want to look at that, and, uh, and, uh, so, so next week on the Hermetic Hour, that's what we're going to do, we, we can't go out in the Henge, because we're still in a we're still in a sort of a masked a mask lockdown, you know, kind of thing, And, and, and we can't, we can't very well do our seasonal, so we'll do it on the Hermetic Hour, and I want you all to listen in, and, uh, and you might have a little glass of mead, uh, so when we, when we do the drink with me, uh, you know, who drinks with me thing, uh, you can raise your little glass of mead and, and, and have it with us. And uh, so until next week, take care, be well, and good magic.